Hello and welcome back. This is your host, Meg. You are listening to Mental Status. It is a podcast about burnout for mental health professionals. I am um, nervously excited for today's show because I had my first ever guest, a very special guest, uh, my fiance, Nate. Um, I invited him onto the show to talk with him a little bit about what his experience has been like being the partner of a burnt out therapist. Um, I asked him a little bit about, you know, what it was like for him, how it affected him when I was going through burnout. And we also talked a little bit about some of the important things to, to keep in mind that, that we had to keep in mind uh, for ourselves as a couple when I was burning out. So I'm feeling a little exposed here, but I think it's going to be a good time. I enjoyed the conversation. I'm pretty sure he enjoyed the conversation. I don't know. I'm sure we'll talk about it later. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think after the show and let's dig in. Okay. Well, welcome. <laughs> okay. <I'm> privileged. <laughs> This is a little awkward with somebody who I know who is uh, two rooms away from me. Three rooms? What was it? Kitchen, middle, living room. No. Second kitchen without the sink. Middle living room. It's the Hobbit kitchen. (laughs) It's the Hobbit kitchen. Okay. Um, So I guess we can get started. I will introduce things. Um, Of course, my name is Megan. And I'm the host of Mental Status, and I'm joined by a very special guest indeed today. Special guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, yes, my name is Nate, and I am the partner of Megan, and I have been the victim of uh, her social tantrums uh, because of burnout. Social tantrums? That's... Uh, it's- <clears throat> yeah, you That's a what you're going to get from me. <laughs> yes. So today I have invited my partner slash fiance. We are getting married. We'd be engaged for like almost two years now, but pandemic. We're just, we're saying it's the pandemic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I invited Nate on today because I thought it would be a um, kind of a cool conversation to get his perspective on how my burnout, as I've worked in different positions in mental health, have affected him as my partner. And of course, this conversation is very specific to the relationship that I have with him. Um, It's not going to apply to probably most relationships, um, but there may be some parts of it that that feel similar to what you have gone through if you are a mental health professional Uh, who's burned out, or if you are the partner of somebody who works in mental health and has experienced burnout. So Nate, Nathan, thank you for joining. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You do. Um, And just so anybody who's listening knows, uh, Nate and I do live together. I'm recording this in my office and he's recording it in the (laughs) living room. (laughs) Um, And there may be various sounds in the background, like cats or um, you know, I, I know that he and I were both getting all of our, our burps out before this. Cause we both had some carbonated beverage be- before it. So <laughs> um, I like carbonated beverage. 
Yes. It's, I have one at least once an hour. Um, and we also live like two blocks from a train track, which is very active. And so, you know, we'll do our best to minimize those background noises, but just a little bit of disclosure there. Um, so anyways, yeah, let's get into it. Nate, thanks again. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about this. There's a train. There's the there train. right there, right when I said it. Okay. So I know that we talked about um, burnout and being the partner of somebody who's burnt out and how that can affect the partner um, who is kind of standing by the side of the person or not necessarily behind in this case, but you've stood next to me in a lot of my burnout and tried to tried to figure out what you could do or how to help. Um, so I, I think what I would find interesting is to have you kind of start that conversation around a big question, but what has it been like for you to be the partner of somebody who has gone through kind of repeated, repeated episodes of professional burnout? Yeah. Um, well, it's been several things uh, because it's, you know, I, I think foremost, it's that um, desperate empathy that, that, desire to, to kind of reach out and fix things. And, you know, I know consciously I can't do that. Um, so mostly I've redirected that towards, okay, what can I do to be helpful in the situation? Um, you know, ranging from just trying to be there to, to listen to what you're going through and, um, sometimes offer advice with that. I, I don't feel like I'm in the best position to always offer advice. And um, I don't know, sometimes I have slightly spastic advice because I, I get frustrated with the people uh, that you're dealing with, uh, especially I think um, people that are in more managerial positions. Uh, it seems like Sometimes the decision-making process is focused very differently for the manager than it is for um, the individual therapists there. And that's a frustration that you felt and that I have vicariously felt. So I'm your, no, you're my armchair um, anxiety there with that. Um, anxiety. <laughs> it's, it's a great sport. Uh-huh. Um, and you know there there also have been parts of that where it's it's frustrating as well because personally for me um you know because i i do have to pick up some of the slack at home and you know darn it when you're trying to help somebody and the situation isn't anywhere within my purview uh it, it's you know, it's never an easy thing. Um, so it has been, you know, both just trying to find that comfortable spot where, and we have little horses running in the background now, <laughs> find that comfortable spot where um, we can have that, that dynamic of whether it's me helping or just listening or whatever that, um, that 
by your side sort of position is. Um, and then the, the other position where, you know, there are definitely times where I felt like um, not, not alone, but definitely like I'm, I'm striving to make things work for us and feeling like there's a bit of, of that burden there, or just feeling like um, you're not able to show up completely because of what's going on during the workday for you. Mm -hmm. And again, that's a, that same various response, like trying to be helpful, trying not to be frustrated or, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I feel like we've navigated that mostly well. Um, and that's been through a lot of conversation, a lot of, you know, just checking in with each other and um you know, just keeping things pretty open that's been i think the most successful adaptation that we've had to that yeah yeah i know that um during some particular points in my career there have been um kind of through the necessity of the job requirements i was gone a lot and that led to you and jason um mostly spending time at home where it could have been the three of us uh yeah. mostly just the two of you and like i would come home exasperated frustrated like oh my god i can't like this is too much i can't i can't handle it and you had already been through your own day of you know whether it was when you were still looking for a job like applying for jobs trying to keep up with the house get things settled when we moved in here like that was that was pretty much on you because I wasn't able to do a lot of it. Or after you found your job, like working a full-time job from home and managing the house. And I would come home pissy <laughs> because my days were frustrating. And I think what I remember talking about the other night when we were on our walk is because you were giving so much consideration to what what I was going through and trying to be helpful in that way, it often felt like there wasn't much consideration given to you, um, you know, by me as a not as equal partner in the relationship for a while there, like you were, yeah. you were adding a lot to it and trying to be helpful to me, but also trying to like live your own life too and do what you needed to do. Yeah. I think with some of that, I was really fortunate um, for those moments when Jason was around um, because that just uh, that kind of gave me a, a different social outlet, um, and I think the times when he was gone were uh, often a little more isolated for me. Um, so uh, you know, I mean, I, I took those opportunities to do stuff around the house or focus on. Uh, fitness or reading or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I think I asked this at the end of the night too, but what do you think, what do you think it's important for other people to know about being the, either the partner or 
the close friend or the family member of somebody who, you know, a works in, in the mental health or social services field, but also somebody who's burnt out. Well, I think especially speaking to the burnout portion of that, um, not that that's uncommon. So you're going to probably see it with a lot of those folks. Um, there are going to be moments when you really feel like you're making a lot of effort to, to meet this person where they are. Um, and it's not all that way, uh, but yeah, there, there's a, a lot of extension there. Um, and I think just understanding that that's not a permanent condition and and learning to have a, a a language for speaking to that mm-hmm. with the person that you're involved in whatever type of relationship you're in there um, and and really being you know both both parties giving each other permission to kind of just really be open about what's happening and how that makes you feel and Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good place to start a dialogue for, um, you know, setting some boundaries or making some changes or asking for things that are needed. Um, mm-hmm. again, I feel like that's, that's been, uh, pretty successful by and large with us. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm really grateful you know, to, to you for that, because that's something that I think we've both approached with um, as much fervor as we can with that. It's, I mean, it's maintenance stuff, so it's not like the most exciting conversation to have all the time, but Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's really cathartic stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think a person that often walks into those conversations a little bit like, oh, not, it's not like dragging, kicking and screaming, but it's just like, <laughs> oh, this is going to be effort. Um, and, and coming out of it feeling like, oh my God, this thing happened and I feel so good now. Um, and you mean I the just, conversations around like needs and expectations and being yeah. a partner? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of that I think is... Um, is predicated on previous relationships that I've had and how, how uh, imbalanced they were and, and what a, an incomplete participant I was in a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm kind of used to things not running that well. And, and um, it, it's, yeah. So that's that that catharsis from that. It's it's feeling like oh, okay, yeah, we didn't have to spend like six hours, and it wasn't an argument. And <laughs> it was just it's like okay, you know. And I think that starts with you know having those conversations leading into you know we we talked about what things were going to look like um, beforehand, and so it really it, it's been I think a very mindful process that we've had there, and I don't think it would have. It's hard anyway. Right. Um, well, and like I, I don't. 
I don't think it would have worked out nearly as well without that, that uh, mindfulness. Yeah. And for background for listeners, um, the, we just, we basically just moved in together last summer. It's been about a year that we've been living with each other. I was living in a different city where we had originally met. We met in Minneapolis, but Nate had moved out to Indiana to be closer to his son. And so we spent a lot of time basically during the pandemic, the, the first six months of the pandemic, trying to figure out more of the logistics of living together. And then when I finally got here, fortunately, it, it has worked out very well outside of some particular, <laughs> every every couple has them, every, you know, particular ways of being that may, may or may not um, exactly match up with your partner's way of being. But I think you're right that we've we've been able to manage expectations as a couple, but the fact that we started off, I mean, with within a month and a half of me moving here, I already had that first job and it was a tough job and it was the one yeah. that burnt me out the fastest I think I've ever been burnt out. And even through that, you know, we were able to, through the struggle, create shared goals and I was able to come to you and say, hey, listen, I know that things are still a struggle on, on your end because you're still looking for work and you know things are shitty because of you know pandemic land. Everything is all upside down. But I can't keep doing this job. And I am afraid of losing that steady income, but I found something else that seems like it'll work a lot better. And we were able to talk about that in a way that was fairly level-headed, which was really helpful for me because if it had been just me thinking through my own process and being scared of it and not knowing if that would work or if we, you know, had more conflict or had argued about it or it had been a bigger thing, you know, I may not have gotten out of the job that was burning me out or I may have stayed much longer than I should have or, you know, it could have just been a lot less of a pleasant environment even though i know there were times where things were not exactly <laughs> uh peachy keen um mm. especially mm. when i was very much in the middle of the woods with it but yeah yeah it was it was hard to watch you through that um so from my end of things it was the simplest and, and most logical thing to advise you to move on to the next job <laughs> like, that please, was that was the easy part of that. just stop <laughs> um, please yeah uh, yeah but i i understood your your anxiety there i mean it's it's going from something that yeah sure it's killing me but it's it's stable and i i know you know I know where my paycheck is coming from and Mm -hmm. I know a career trajectory with this place as well. Um, And the other thing was more unknown and yeah, that had to be a, a, like a particularly dysphoric thing because you you've got this stability that is just inflicting pain on you and the people that you love Mm-hmm. And there's this other thing that really is kind of the goal you were, I think, long-term looking for. Right. Um, and it's, it's, there's all this unknown about it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that was 
an immensely difficult step for you to take, but um, for you, uh, a necessary step. It was a really brave step to take. Um, and for us, uh, that was something that really made um, made those investments of time there that are required of partners in these cases, uh, burnout, it made those worthwhile. It really made those feel like those were meaningful efforts to me. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of that was that conversation, you know, where I would hear on the daily, like, this is what that involved mm -hmm. for you. Um, and just seeing kind of the, the physical effects of stress on you. Right. Um, so that, that transition was, it was difficult. Um, and there was unknown there, but it was absolutely uh, kind of the best thing. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. And I think that even with the unknown of it, of my new venture, um, it afforded me a much greater sense of control and autonomy professionally, which in a way has translated over into home life. At least I hope it has. It feels like it has for me where if I'm upset with my schedule, it's because I'm the one that created that schedule now. <laughs> like it's not the nice thing about working, you know, as a contractor is that I have, I have that freedom to decide, well, you know, Nate works Wednesday through Sunday. So I'm going to do that too. That's great. And that was yeah. a really like, that was important for me to be able to kind of walk out of burnout, knowing that I would actually be able to have the time with you, like weekends, being able to spend time with you and Jason. Um, and it's, it's also come with its struggles. I think I've talked with you about like, oh, I'm still very much in that mindset of do everything, do it all at once, schedule around your client's needs, like take them on when they want to come on. And it's taken a lot for me to get out of that, that particular mindset, which was sort of ingrained both at agency work, but also in my previous career where, as you know, working for a startup, uh, you wear multiple hats, you do what's needed. You kind of take on, you take on a lot as you're asked to take it on. Um, but being able to move into something that, as you said, is less stable and less predictable, but overall a better fit for me, um, even with that instability, it has, I think, benefited obviously myself professionally, but also how I, hopefully how I show up at home, even though I know I've had my moments of bitching. <laughs> <laughs> especially with like I mean <laughs> some of some of the challenges that I had I I could not have predicted going into private practice because I've never done it before and so I don't know what it's like but yeah, yeah you definitely needed the 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 business side of that would have been just a little primer <laughs> would have been helpful it would have been nice um, to have learned that in grad school yep yeah. um but you've pivoted pretty quickly with a lot of that stuff and and that's worked out pretty well um or 
is in the process of working out well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that I'm curious about too, because I mean, the, the vast majority of listeners for this show likely going to be therapists who are either burnt out or not just therapists, mental health professionals, social workers, all that kind of stuff. Folks who are either currently experiencing burnout or who are trying to act in a preventative way. So they're, they're trying to get ahead of it um, and learn how to protect themselves and hopefully, you know, the people around them from the effects of burnout. So I'm curious from you, what advice do you think you'd want to give to the mental health practitioners to help them show up in ways that feel helpful to their other relationships? You know, acknowledging the fact that they've got a lot on their plate anyway. Um, you know, I guess maybe I'm asking more like, what advice do you want to tell me now? <laughs> <laughs> in retrospect, in retrospect, is there, yeah. Is there a way for you to send this to past self? Is, is really the <laughs> I <case>. wish. <laughs> yeah. Um, other past selves in, in mm-hmm. other folks, I guess. I guess I'll um, rewatch this or re-listen to it the next time I'm burned out. Be like, oh yeah, he told me. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no next time. Um, <laughs> I would, I would say. Um, you know, one of the, the pieces of, of advice, and I, I try to stay away from giving advice. Um, yeah. Because it's just a, a pitfall, but, you know, nobody can really do that. Um, is like the taking on the mantle of the, the proper sort of selfishness, um, you know, in like self care and mm-hmm. learning to say no, like with scheduling, like what you're talking about. Um, mm really, um, I guess, looking at how to build your schedule so that it serves you and your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been one of those things that has, there's been a, a learning curve uh, for you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think talking with your partner about uh, how how much of like the communication from, from how my day is going sort of stuff, how much of that is um, appropriate or, or tenable. Mm-hmm. Um, you usually speak to that a bit. And um, I, I don't think I've really ever had to, to shut things down, but there have been times where I've, I've had to take a little bit of a, a breather. <laughs> yeah. um, Cause like, please just stop. <laughs> like we've had this conversation how many times? <laughs> like I get it. Again, I think most of that hinges on just having open communication, you know, mm-hmm. having, asking those open-ended questions um, in the midst of some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And you've listened to my frustrations with some of the people that you're dealing with as well. So it isn't just like you're saying, oh, you know, this, this uh, supervisor 
just doesn't get it or like they get it and they still won't change the right. paradigm there. Right. Um, and so I've gotten to join in a little bit with some mm -hmm. of that stuff and like that it makes it makes the experience less of a passenger experience right um so i don't know just that kind of stuff yeah and i think that that works well for us um because i mean we both do value that communication obviously mm -hmm. with the the summertime night walks that we take it feels like a good portion of that is just getting up and being active but another big part of it is having that dedicated time to just decompress after a day and talk about stuff about how our days are going the frustrations that we have um yeah and i i mean grateful for that because me being a talker um, i think it would be hard for me if i didn't have somebody who i could bounce ideas off of or just like let that word vomit come out um but it's also helpful to know that there are times where you're like, please stop talking. <laughs> We've gone over this like 500 times. So maybe you can do something about it <laughs> or I, no, I, don't, I don't feel that way about it. It's just um, like, sometimes it's just well trodden ground. Mm. Um, and I think I do the same thing with some of, you know, some of the partners that I'm speaking with on, on my side of things, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll tell you about a, another conversation with, you know, so-and-so um, who just kind of has the same uh, communication techniques and right. um, which you've actually been, you know, pretty helpful in bouncing ideas off of as well and, and suggesting, mm -hmm. you know, well, what if you take a very flat aspect with this person and see how they respond. Um, Mm -hmm. so it isn't really I think so much you know don't express yourself in those ways it's I think it's just understanding that you know if I'm feeling that it's well-trodden ground I, what are you know what are you <laughs> going through like you have to sit through this yeah um yeah oh it's I think that's um, a vital aspect to get a, a handle on in a long-term relationship because there's going to be an awful lot of repetition. Yeah. And how do you deal with that? How do you communicate that? Right. Um, and, and how do you say at certain points to a person, okay, can you give me five on this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I mean... I think one of my blind spots, both as a partner and as a professional, and I've talked a little bit about this on the show and stuff, but I, when I'm excited about something, I tend to become over involved in it to a degree to the point where I am like, I'm investing a lot of my free time and free energy into the thing. And there have been a lot of points especially being new to this job where I'm like, oh, well, I'm interested in this. That means that everybody else around me is going to be interested in this. And so I'm going to talk about theories and models and this, you know, systems work that I'm working on and learning about, and they're going to be great with it. And then when I'm frustrated, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And I can talk about it for hours. <laughs> <laughs> like there have been several times where I've 
internally said to myself, well, I've spent a lot of time talking about work today. I'm going to not do that right now. <laughs> like I'm going to either allow some space just for quiet or, you know, it's important that I also engage in talking with you about your work and other things outside of work. So what's going on with your family or with the cats, like sure. making a very mental note that I have to, I have to understand that not everybody is um, running in circles around this material as much as I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there are absolutely like quiet moments on those walks yeah. that um, for the most part are kind of vital, you know, blessed moments there where it's just like, you know, we're, we're out mostly in nature. Right. Let's, let's listen to this a little bit. Let's check it out. And uh, I'm, I can be a bit of a rubbernecker in <laughs> nature anyway. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you've done a good job of modulating that kind of stuff um, mm. and, and not being too overwhelming. And you can get excited. Like, you know, when I, when I first, uh, when you first brought the idea of doing the podcast to me, that was definitely, it was like, hmm, it wasn't like, oh no, or anything like that, but <laughs> there was definitely like, okay, so like, this is a person who can really go wholeheartedly into things. And that's a beautiful thing about you, by the way. Um, you like, you come up with these ideas and you, you churn stuff like that really well. It's like, you know, I need to, I need some outlet here. So what am I going to do? Am I going to, mm -hmm. um, and you went through a few iterations of, of some different ideas there um, and, and hit this. Um, but actually you, you passed by some of the other ideas without really completely diving into them. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that was your, your process of selection there was, um, I think, it was a good process of selection. It was well-informed and you vetted some of those things because they either weren't going to serve you or they weren't um, as much in your wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the podcasting I think is very much in your wheelhouse <laughs> and it's something that you've got. Um, I believe like unique talents and insights uh, for. Um, and so that is an outlet is is something that is self-serving for you in, in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, looking at it, it was a little bit like, where, where did <laughs> this thing go? Um, and now I'm on the show. And that was pretty, it was actually pretty soon after you introduced the idea that you're like, well, you know, you're going to be on a show. Yeah. And it was a little bit of a like offhand comment there. <laughs> But I think we both knew internally what that really, like, yeah, this is going to happen. Uh -huh. um, yep. And Well, I'm glad we're on the same page, dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or that you're helps. on my page. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the same space. I don't know that we need to define it there. <laughs> um, it's your space. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, kind of it's I'm happy to be here I don't always quite know how to speak to um, everything you're you're looking at and talking about here um 
but I've, I've been in sales, so I can kind of mostly make that stuff work out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, I appreciate what you said about podcast being in my wheelhouse. Cause I've definitely felt, uh, weird about it because there's this sense of self-promotion that yeah. I'm very uncomfortable with and I don't really like doing, but is if you're, if you're going to be doing any, any type of entrepreneurial thing, whether it's running a private practice or doing a podcast or coaching or whatever it is, there's an aspect of having to promote yourself that I don't like, but if it's what I want to do, got to do it. Um, and so here's what I'm learning from our conversation. <laughs> um, number one is uh, communication is important. So, you know, either as the partner of somebody who's burnt out or as the burnt out person being able to come up with a shared language around the experience so that, you know, either you as the professional, you're being heard in your needs or making sure that you're listening to your partner's needs and vice versa. So, and for somebody who's burnt out, that can be hard to muster the energy to have yeah. those conversations. But I think from my experience, if we hadn't had those conversations um, and if we hadn't talked about the things that were coming to my mind and coming to your mind, it would have been really hard for me to feel uh, comfortable in moving forward with what I felt I needed to do. Um, and I probably would have just been like stewing in my own pissed off yeah. juices, like just angry and upset with everything and not knowing how to move forward. So yeah, it seems like without that um, outlet, mm -hmm. things for you certainly would have been much worse. Yeah. And I think from my side, it would have felt a lot worse as well. Yeah. And I mean, thankfully at that time too, I, I had my therapist and um, some, some folks from the place I was working at, I was able to commiserate with them too. So just having multiple ways of talking about it. Um, I'm, I know a lot of people are not that way, but I, I am that way. I need to talk it, <laughs> I need to talk a lot about it. Um, so yeah, the communication aspect, um, forming kind of a shared language with your partner or your friends or your family about what's going on, um, and, and kind of opening up those lines because being burnt out can be kind of isolating if you're withdrawing into yourself, um, I'm also learning that uh, I feel like I'm skipping over some parts here, but I think like you were giving me an underhanded compliment in that I, <laughs> I mow you over sometimes with my pursuits and interests and conversation pieces. So checking yourself as the mental health professional, just knowing that it's okay to have all these feelings and thoughts and needing to talk about it in process, but also understanding that not everybody's going to want to hear about it 24 <laughs> seven. <laughs> well, I mean, far be it for me to give an underhanded compliment. Um, right. right. No, I, I mean, I think I meant that a little bit playfully, but um, yeah, you really, you, you've got a lot of like talents and interests and um Part of that is engaging in that in a deeper way than we had before in our relationship. 
um, where, you know, we hadn't lived together before. So um, there's just so much more involvement there and figuring out how that all worked uh, on a more daily basis and a more conversational basis mm -hmm. was and is uh, a process. Um, and I, I feel like um, there are some pursuits that you've had that that really were like you just sort of grabbing at something mm -hmm. and trying to find some some salve there, some some solace and some outlet for your uh, you know for your energies and, and for just the stuff that's stirring up in Megan. Um, and th this last process really just showed me that uh, that there is a continual um, composting of how you do some of that stuff uh, because there's a the, it seems to me as an observer like there's a greater maturity to the way you you went through this last round of that kind of stuff um so it was it was really a, a fun thing to watch actually well, that's that's better than the alternative of sure. feeling like you're caught up in a a shit storm and can't quite get out of it. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I, I think some of that has to do with the fact that you are at this point under very different pressures than you were in, you know, the fall and uh, early winter last year. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know that you would have had the mental capacity to to go through that decision-making process in as concise and careful a manner um, and in a way that, that in the end ended up reflecting your needs and your interests um, and your talents kind of all in one body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and like I said, big part of that was being able to reflect and process with you yeah, as absolutely. a sounding board and you being able to offer some different insights to me as well. Um, and like to add on top of all that, just going back to figuring out how, how we work together with that aspect of things in play with my burnout. I mean, not only that, we were learning how to live together for the first time. I had moved to a completely, completely different setting than I'm used to from an urban center uh, to very rural, small town vibes. Um, you know, at first living with your family because of all the effects of the pandemic and then finding a place together, learning about what it's like to live with your partner and everything that comes with that, which I think we're still learning, but we've gotten better at it. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, a role change for me in, in kind of, I mean, learning how to be a, I guess, a step-parent to a, to a teenager um, and you continuing to be a parent <laughs> as you always had. There was just a lot that went into that, but yeah. And just add burnout on top of it. It's like a beautiful cherry on top of a shit cake that yeah. somehow didn't completely hit the fan and spread everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was, that, that could have been 
I think something that both of us reacted to very differently. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that again comes back to the communication, which is probably getting old as a topic, but it, it's, it's just, that's how it, it works. Mm -hmm. There's just no other way. Um, yeah, I, I think at those points, you, you just wouldn't have had anything in you to, to select properly. Mm -hmm. um, we were just, we were making it through those times. Right. It was absolutely a get to the end of the day and, you know, let's get some rest. Let's yeah. chill and, and uh, what were we watching at that time? <laughs> X-Files. X-Files. <laughs> we're watching X-Files. Yeah. Thank um, God that show is is uh, so bombastically silly because <laughs> I, I needed that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're right. They're, they're for a good while there. I mean, I only worked at that place for three months, but for those three months, um, unfortunately, just kind of being in survival mode for a good portion of it, but like you said earlier, just understanding that it doesn't have to be permanent. It's not necessarily permanent. Um, circumstances can and often do change. Um, even though in the middle of it, I think both of us probably felt at times like, oh my God, <laughs> when is this ever going to end? But it did. And I've got, the cat, I've got the cat scratching at the door. I tried to put the towels down. <laughs> He's been like walking back and forth oh behind God. me meowing. He's pacing. He wants lunch, <laughs> which yeah, is probably disturbing to this guy. Yes, probably a good sign that we can wrap it up. But um, yeah, I do, I do appreciate you coming on the show and talking with about with me about this stuff. Um, I hope other people find it helpful too. But you know, obviously, the end disclaimer that this is a situation and experience very unique to me and Nate. Um, and your circumstances will absolutely be different. And the way that you handle it with your partners and friends and family will be different because it's, it's your burnout. It's not mine. Um, but yeah, I thought it would be fun to give a little window into that. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on too. Mm -hmm. You never know. I may, um, forcefully invite you to come back on again at some point <laughs> invitingly co-opt me exactly okay goodbye hey thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed today's episode because i definitely did um and i hope that in listening to this you know it, it starts to inspire some conversation um, either with yourself or with your own family, partners, friends, all those folks who are in this with you, supporting you through burnout or trying to help you um, prevent ever getting there. I just, I hope that this can be a good conversation starter. Uh, another thing that I am hoping is if these conversations have inspired you or if you feel like you want to join in on the conversation, I would love to have your voice added to this show. Uh, I am actively looking for people who are interested in showing up as guests on the show to either share their personal burnout story or to share uh, things that they have learned while working in the field, uh, helping others through burnout. And I just, 
I really want to encourage you, you know, if you've been thinking about it or wondering about it, wondering if you'd even be a good guest on the show, uh, the answer is probably yes. You know, I want to hear from you. I, I want to keep having these conversations so that we can keep pushing this forward and pushing for the change that we need. Other than that, if you enjoy the show and you're looking to connect off of the show, you can find me on Instagram at mental status pod. Um, I'm always looking for feedback on the show. So if you have any comments or questions about what you heard today, you can send me an email at mentalstatuspod at gmail.com. If you like the show today and you have liked what you've heard so far, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, we are in Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and as of this recording, I'm still trying to get things up and running on Apple Podcasts. I know that's the place to be, um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we're on there soon. But you know, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you hit that subscribe button, uh, connect with me on social media, send me an email, whatever you got to do, I want to hear from you. I think it's important that your voice is added to this mix. Uh, Until next time, though, I hope that you stay well and uh, take care of yourselves. I'll see you next time.